Hi out there, I'm Pat Polly, and I want to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we interview someone from the visual arts or the performing arts. And this week, Sarah Everett, a working painter who also consults as a curator for real estate development in the Seattle area and serves on the board of directors of Seattle's Center on Contemporary Art, is here to talk with us. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you, Pat. I'm excited to be here. Great. We're happy you could stop by. (laughs) Thank you. But before we get started with the interview, I just want to remind everyone that the Bellevue Arts Fair is coming up really soon here, July 27th to 29th at Bellevue Square, and it is the largest award-winning arts and crafts festival in the Pacific Northwest. I know a lot of people are new to this area, and they don't know about it, so they need to know about it. Yes, definitely. And there is no admission charge. That's a really nice thing. And in addition, there are two other arts and crafts areas that are there in that same area. So the whole area is just so much arts and crafts. It's just wonderful, in my mind, if you like that kind of thing. And (laughs) just across North 8th Street from Bellevue Square, the Bellevue Festival of the Arts is there at, at the same uh, weekend. And then two blocks east is the 6th Street Fair. And uh, it's another uh, art fair uh, sponsored by the Bellevue Downtown Association. So, but my hint is try to go Friday because then you have the best <laughs> selection of arts and crafts because I know you'll want to buy something and you want to buy the best thing there, right? And then there is another different kind of fair coming up with a diverse roster of 90 galleries. Now, these galleries are local, national, and international. This is really, um, it's a world representation of art. You can really get an idea of where art is going when you go to this kind of an exhibit. Um, These galleries represent 34 cities uh, from 10 different countries, and, of course, many, many different states. And it's re- it, you do have to pay for this, but it's really worth the $30 t- ticket price, uh, daily ticket price. And, of course, take the bus to avoid the parking hassle. Although <laughs> Seattle's supposed to have a lot of parking spots, but where are they? I never find them. <laughs> anyway, see you there at the Seattle Art Fair coming up. We'll be back shortly talking with Sarah Everett, on Artbeat Northwest. Stay tuned. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Check out Posada, Jose Guadalupe Posada and the Mexican Penny Press. Known as the father of modern Mexican art, Posada is famous for his popular and satirical representations of calaveras or skeletons in lively guises. During the final weekend of July, BAM is celebrating 72 years of BAM Arts Fair, the largest award-winning arts and craft festival in the Northwest. Enjoy over 300 artist booths, kids' fair, community programs, and free admission to the museum. More at BellevueArts.org. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. Sarah Everett, artist and art curator, is here talking with us. And before we get started, I want to make sure that you know that the Seattle Art Fair is August 2nd to 5th 
and it's at the CenturyLink Field Event Center. Huge event. Be sure to be there. But Sarah is here, and Sarah is a very interesting person because she has she wears many hats. Let's put it that way. Oh, thanks, Pat. But she says her primary hat is as an artist, and particularly as a painter. Although you've gotten into some three dimensional things, how did you get started as an artist? Uh, that's actually tricky. I don't quite remember. I always loved to draw as a child, which I think is a Typical story of a lot of artists. You start drawing and then you realize you can't stop and you're like, oh, maybe I should do something with this. <laughs> and then you uh, you ended up having a, a your first show in Olympia. and the- Right. Back in, um, I think it was 2001. And it was downtown Olympia and it was, you know, your good old coffee shop show. But I was very excited at the time and um, just kept going since, kept growing the art and changing and evolving through time and then moved to Seattle. And and when you moved to Seattle, you were into uh, a building with a lot of artists, right? Right. I very intentionally moved to Seattle um, to step forward as, you know, I want to pursue art. And so I moved. I want to be really. I want to be an artist. <laughs> really be involved in this art yeah. thing. So I, um, I applied and was lucky enough to be accepted to a uh, low-income housing um, situation that involves a lot of artists and poets and has been going since the 1980s. It's called the Apex Belltown Co-op, and I lived there for about five years um, and moved out in 2011, thereabouts. And and Seattle's got to keep these kinds of places going, yes. don't they? Because that really helps with the development of artists. Yeah, it was it was instrumental for me to have that kind of time and space to, you know, really grow roots here in Seattle very quickly. And your art has really evolved over time and particularly evolved kind of recently. Why don't you talk a little bit about your influences in your art? Um, yeah, recently, I've um, the last about three years or so, I've been very focused working with endangered species and endangered landscapes. Um, and part of that came about really just from my own feeling of, I, I used to be more of an animal portrait painter and... Um, there's just a tragedy going on in our world with all many all these species are, are disappearing. And, and and so you kind of tore up your portraits then what did you do? <laughs> it was um I guess a few years back I had started um, exploring the destructive process of creativity by um, I used to work on wood and I would gouge or or sand or cut or carve into the wood as a way of um, basically creating by destroying and creating these layers and effects. And it was a lot of fun Uh (laughs) to have this process in with the painting. Um, And that would be kind of the background to the paintings. And then um, I was in a a large studio space where I could spread out and um, happened to be uh, co-sharing a space with someone who's a welder. And um, she was giving me kind of, and this was Carla Gran, who actually teaches at Pratt. She's another great local artist. Um, and she was giving me tips on like, well, do you want to learn welding? It's really fun. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> <And> so, loves <laughs> welding. And so from that, I um, ended up learning how to make these simple frames. And I was like, wouldn't it be neat if I could put a painting over a frame? And so I um, did a, a couple of, I did some work on, on canvas that I then tore the canvas apart to be able to stretch it over these welded frames that I was experimenting with and uh, made all these little floating houses out of torn paintings. And that was a whole series of mine a few years ago. 
Oh, I so that kind that of one. started the um, torn canvas work was this kind of experimental play space brought about by the space I happened to be using as a studio space and my studio partner kind of encouraged kind of this sort of exploration. And So you started out doing these floating houses and then when did you get into these wonderful kind of stuff? I, I want that polar bear that you have. But <laughs> he, she has all these wonderful, just lovely kind of, kind of uh, stuffed almost. Well, animals and then they kind of bleed into nothing it's it's very arty uh why don't you explain thanks pat they're um so they're they're canvas it's pure just artist canvas that you buy in rolls at the art store um and then i paint on the canvas um and it came about because i was doing this torn canvas stuff that i really loved but i also had this love of animal portrait work um and I the polar bear actually was the first one in the piece. So it's funny you mentioned the polar bear. That was that was a really bright, crystal clear vision of the polar bears are dis, are disappearing. What if I made a painting that was disappearing? And so I combined the strips, the torn canvas strips, with a canvas painting of a portrait of an animal, and um, almost like a totem, in a way. But you have shape underneath that painting, right? No, Is it's it actually, it's, it's pure canvas, and they're suspended on the wall. They're kind of floating off the wall with just magnet system. Oh. So that's kind of the sneaky thing in the back is there's, there's a magnet that it hangs off of. Um, but the canvas itself, it looks three-dimensional because it's layers and layers of canvas kind of sewn together. Ah. Um, you know, almost like shingles on a roof is sort okay. of how, how it comes yeah. together. Well, they're really quite wonderful. Did you have a show of your animals? I did. Um, in 2016, I had a show of all the animal works, um, and that was at Core Gallery in Pioneer Square. Um, and then recently, I've decided, after doing all the research for all the animals I was going to do, um, which I realized there was way too many, which I was a bit shocked at the time. I was like... And you're talking about endangered Endangered animals, animals Yeah. Because um, I had the after doing the polar bear, I decided, oh, this this feels like this could be a whole series. I'm going to explore this um, this idea of these animals disappearing into torn strips. So I did a whole series of them, um, and I initially thought, oh, there's maybe what 30 that have been declared in my lifetime or in the last 10 years. No, <laughs> there's um, let's see. I think as of when I was doing that show, it was up to 1,374 species. Oh, oh, I had no idea. That was declared That's endangered terrible. or threatened. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, or um, has to- and some <laughs> of them have totally disappeared, right? Right. Um, I first started looking at, okay, what's disappeared in my lifetime? And um, in the last 35 years, we've lost 23 species. Ah. Um, oh. So that was also really sad. But to take something that's, so sad and try to it just I guess comes out of I want to do something and I'm not sure what to do so being an artist I translate that to to artwork um so they're almost they're, they're like totems they're like these creatures that are trying to embody the spirit of the animal or the place so also you are concerned about the environment and you've done some uh works that address that also right um the same concept of the layered canvas. Um, it's layered and sewn canvas, and it's endangered places. Because um, I found that all the animals I was researching, they're typically connected to something going on in their habitat um, or within the ecosystem. Um, 
so I continued the series into doing the landscapes as well. And I had a show of those works back in April of this year. And where was that? That was also at Core Gallery in Pioneer Square. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> you are doing a lot, not only for art, but, you know, to help our planet, you know, in these really trying times where people, you know, are really not focusing on those things or as just much to, as they should. Or just to bring awareness, because even I, I thought I was a pretty, you know, aware person but even I was a bit shocked at that number when I was researching for this oh, yeah. for the show so um, just bringing that that uh, knowledge out to the public in your show right is really important not only about the animals but also about the environment so yeah I really applaud your efforts thank you and now also besides being an artist who is on the cutting edge of what's going on um, she has had a uh, really big part in a lot of the big building projects around, which is kind of a turnaround because, <laughs> you know, you've got environment on one hand and big buildings on the other, but at least you preserve some uh, feeling, I am yeah. sure, for the environment in these projects. Well, and the majority of these projects are, you know, built green, LEED certified, you know, they're, no, they're not all LEED certified, but a lot of the buildings, especially, you know, with Seattle's building code, they're, um, they're built pretty sustainable for the most part. So the buildings that you've been working on are really probably the top notch uh, buildings being done. Yeah. I, I would assume. Yeah. Because I feel, uh, I feel that a lot of the building projects around could, could have a little more thought put into them and a little more <laughs> art, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was so encouraged when I saw what you were doing. But I think the the developers who want to, you know, embrace and work with local arts are, you know, also the developers that tend to be more more thoughtful overall. Yes. Now, let's talk about, uh, first of all, uh, how did you get started doing this, the uh, doing this art for all of these building projects? Um, I mean, did you study in a, a separate program for this or no um i well i've always been an artist and i've always been um engaged in the arts um especially here in seattle i've always been very active in the art community um but just like all of us i've had a i've had a day job and when i first came to seattle i um landed in a real estate development firm um with uh, it was maria barrientos it was barrientos at the time um and she, when I started, had just finished working on the Olympic Sculpture Park. So I came in thinking, oh, well, this is, you know, it's development, but it's, it's artsy. And she's, well, you know, very thoughtful with what the projects that she does. And um, it's Yeah, all, if she was yeah. Uh, involved with that Olympic Sculpture Park, you know that she was very conscious of doing things that are, right. You know, artistic and well designed, and yeah, and she's done you know historic preservation projects, and um, so yeah, it felt it felt like a really good fit to to fall into. Um, I have a background in event event planning, so that's how I came to it. Um, but year, you know, fast forward years later, um, we had a project that we were working with Youngstown Flats in West Seattle, and they really wanted to involve local arts because that was such a rich local art community that they were developing in. Um, 
and they, I mean the the property owners and the the team that was that was doing the building. Um, so they wanted to bring in local artists for, you know, to pair with the interiors. And um, Maria said, "Well, Sarah can help us with that. She knows a lot of local artists." See, Sarah was just in the right place at the right time. Yeah, you knew all the right people too. That was great. And then um, did so that was your first project. That was my first project. Yeah, and. It's, Say a little more about that project, because I was fascinated by it. It seemed like the building had certain places all planned out for art. I mean, how did you work with the architects and so on? Yeah, we actually started planning for the art, um, I'm guessing, somewhere between 12 and 18 months in advance before the building was even complete. So we started by um, going through the the drawings, the floor plans, and um, I called out you know different areas that felt like, well, this would be a key visual area this would be another key visual area um and we called out way more locations than we ended up having art you know basically you do get restricted by budget but um (laughs) we had certain places that we knew we wanted to have you know something powerful and impactful and um and then i ended up writing calls for art for some specific places in the building so you you sent out calls for art to the artists right and then they how were they chosen um, several artists sent proposals in, um, and we sat down and combed through the proposals. Of um, We had a selection panel um, at the time that did involve the architect and the interior designer and the owner of the building and um, a few other folks from the team, um, and that's, that's kind of how we, we went forward. With um, I was sort of guiding as well as, well, this would be given – Given what you're trying to go for with this building, the, the audience you're trying to target, this would be a good fit. This would be a good fit. Ah. So it's good you had all that background to begin yeah. with. But listen, it's already time for a break. We've been talking with Sarah Everett about her art and her art curation for new buildings on Artbeat Northwest. Stay tuned to 1150 AM. We'll be right back. Hey parents, what are your kids doing this summer? Get a jump on summertime planning and enroll them in summer art camp at the Kirkland Art Center. Week-long day camps for ages 5 to 12 are led by trained professional art instructors. Themes include art safari, upcycling art, art heroes, mythical creatures, rocks, fossils, and gems, and even more. Teens, check out the teen intensives and learn something new or hone your skills in figure drawing, oil painting, clay, or graphic novel illustration. There's even hot wax painting. Camp enrollment has begun already, and the best weeks go by fast. So visit kirklandartcenter.org for more information and register for your summer fun with art. KAC promotes artistic mastery and community participation in the visual arts through innovative educational programming, contemporary exhibitions, and dynamic events while providing stewardship of the historic Peter Kirk Building. We'll see you this summer at the Kirkland Art Center. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. We're here with Sarah Everett. And we're talking right now about her curation experiences in art. And, you know, you do a lot of other things, too. Um, now, the building we were talking about, that's Youngstone. Youngstown Youngst- Flats. Youngstown Flats, and that's in? In West Seattle. West Seattle. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's in the Del Ridge neighborhood. Yeah, it's Del Ridge neighborhood. And, but then you've done another building in West Seattle. Um, yeah, I uh, worked with Junction 47, um, which is in the Junction. Right. And it's yeah. another big 
building yeah. with apartments and retail. Correct. So these are huge projects. Yeah, that, involved that one actually was um, two two separate buildings and two separate phases. So oh um, really? Yeah. So we had a couple of rounds of calls for art and um, selections and installations and. So now you do a lot of other things, too, uh, that are involved with this real estate thing, you know, that automatically uh, come out of it, like budgeting and right. planning schedules. and <laughs> schedules and mm-hmm. installation and, um, and coordination with multiple teams of people. <laughs> so, yeah, coordinator for so many of these building projects, that's got to be uh, a big deal now. What is the key to success, all the success that you've had with all these projects? Um, good question. I've had a lot of um, luck to have great projects that I've gotten to work with with good teams of people. Um, but really, it's, it's collaboration. Um, that's a big part of what I do is I'm a collaborator and a facilitator. I'm not so much of a I have a curatorial vision. <laughs> yeah. It's more, what's the vision of the project? What does this project need? And then I'm really good at, at finding matches for that. Oh, so that's a real talent that, you know. It's like it, art matchmaking. Yeah. It's got to be in demand because uh, now, um, how many of these buildings end up with a lot of art in them, these new projects in Seattle? Is there a certain percentage of, hmm. that they're supposed to spend on art, or is it just up to the builder and the owner? It's it's up to the builder and the owner, mostly. So they don't really um, have to do any of this. Right. Um, some, if, I'm honestly not quite sure of, of the rules, but most of them are private projects, which case they're not required. It's really just part of the interior design and the, and the aesthetics of a place. Um, I encourage it, of course, because I think it makes a better building, <laughs> and it's more enticing for people who want to live there. And I would think even like, for example, the local people in West Seattle, the fact that you're using local artists in these buildings shows that the builders care because there's always some resistance to, you know, this these huge changes. Do you feel like that kind of connects the uh, the people to the project and I, just the local people? Yeah, I think it helps. Um, with Junction 47, I came on later, but I know part of, their initial um, working, the, the work that the developers did in the beginning with the neighborhood um, and part of the agreement they came to was to um, have art on the public, on the sidewalk, you know, right on the side of the building. That was part of the agreement they came to with the neighborhood. Um, and I think that it worked out really well. And um, we have some historic panels, um, or excuse me, historic bronze panels that kind of tell some of the history of the area that were very successfully done, and um, that was part of the original conversation with the neighborhood before I even got on board. So, so I, na- they, they brought me in to say, okay, well, we've agreed to this, now how do we do it? <laughs> oh, okay, so you're the facilitator. Again, facilitation. Fili- yeah. yeah, facilitation. Um, yeah, And now how many, it, what amazed me is in these buildings, now you said, well, we had a lot of projects so, we are limited by budget. We can't put that many in. But I was amazed at how many you did put in. Like in, on the flats project, how many? So many pieces of art were in there. There were. Um, 
Oh, and it's it's been long enough now that I'm actually blanking on the total number of artists, but I think it was about 14 artists that we worked with. Um, we had a lot of pieces in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a piece by uh, Patty Bowman, who is a local encaustic artist. Um, uh, Michael Todd Harrison did a very beautiful big wood wall for us. Um, and then we had several other smaller pieces in the lobby, through, you know, sprinkled throughout the space. Um, Carla Gron, this is actually how I met Carla Gron when I She's up, a sculptor, she's right? A, she's a metal artist, um, and she teaches welding at, at Pratt. And um, the reason I ended up sharing a studio with her for a number of years oh, is really? because I met her through the work she did at Youngstown Flats. Um, she had a beautiful nail sculpture that was over the fireplace. Well, it's, it's still there. It's over the fireplace at Youngstown Flats, and it's a beautiful floral sculpture, but it's made out of welded nails. It's it's quite exquisite. Oh, amazing. <laughs> So but, um, how many of these uh, projects have you done so far? You've done this for quite some time, about 12 years, right? Um, no, I've just been doing the art curation for, um, let's see, since 2012, 2011, 2012, thereabouts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and in that time, I've done seven projects. And well, I've that's done, a lot I've done these some, are huge um, projects. They're not all huge. Some of them I've just done some consultation for. Um, for instance, I worked with a building that just wanted to update their lobby, um, and then uh, another building that didn't have art in the beginning, and then they wanted to add it later, so I came in and worked with them, and those are kind of smaller, smaller, um, and this is all, you know, consultant work, so. Now, has your work with, uh, as a facilitator, now does that kind of transfer over to your work as a board member for Center on Contemporary Art. Cause, <laughs> oh, definitely. Because yeah, oh, you, you're a facilitator there, too, aren't Correct. you? Correct. Um, I'm actually um, the current curatorial chair. So ah. I chair the curatorial committee. But that's that's mainly, again, it's not I, I'm not the one with the huge vision. I'm the one who helps corral us in, and facilitate us towards what is the collective vision that we're aiming for. But you're the kind of pe- person that we really need in the art field. Because you get all the voices together uh, and then put something out that expresses those voices, right? I try. <laughs> yeah, you try. And, you know, and how many people really know how to do that? Not very many. But listen, it's, so, it been, it's been so great talking with you, but we are already running out of time. Oh, thanks, Pat. This has been lovely. Yes. And it, very interesting uh, to see how you work behind the scenes. With your curation and, of course, in front of the scenes with your art. So how can we get to your website and see your wonderful art and your beautiful animals? Um, I have a website. It's just sarahevrett.com. So it's Sarah without an H and Everett just like the city. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again. Be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time or Artbeat Northwest for news and views on the local art scene. I'm Pat Polly signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great, creative week.